I'm Rick Dancer. It's Friday, and I want to hear what you have to say. The whole thing is now people in, in Kate Brown's own party are starting to um, ask why. is expressing our opinion and speaking freely. It's essential to bringing about change in our society. And the control that the government and people want to have over me, the more they grab and grasp at it, the less they can take it. Well, good evening, everybody. I'm Rick Dancer. Thanks for joining us tonight. And we have a really special show for you. A lot of stuff going on. A lot of last-minute things happening here. Uh, so, so just bear with us. Our show is sponsored tonight by Chris Dental Family Dentistry, where they don't care if you've been vaccinated or not vaccinated. They believe your dental care matters, and they will uh, they will work with anybody. You don't have to show a card or tell them your vaccine status. They're there to help you with your dental care, and that's why they sponsor our show. We're going to get right off the bat, just kind of kicking in. I know we're a little early tonight. That's because Mary Starrett joins us. Hi, Mary. Hey, Mary. Rick. She's a Yamhill County Commissioner. She's no stranger to the show. Last time I had you on, Mary, people love you. They really liked having you on. So you guys have a, a little lawsuit that the Attorneys General for the state of Oregon has filed against your county and Harney County. Is that right? That's right, Rick. And you know what? There are so many lawsuits going on right now. I have to actually get my mind on which one you're talking about because I, I, I filed an affidavit in, in one particular lawsuit, which had to do with vaccine mandate uh, issues. And then there was another one that came down today from Jefferson County where the judge denied a temporary injunction for Oregon State Police and firefighters. So that that came down today. But the one you're talking about has to do with the Second Amendment sanctuary ordinance that Yamhill County passed back in April. And it took effect in July. And once the uh, Senate Bill 554, which is the screaming anti-gun bill, once that came into effect, which is just recently, they put the hammer down and they filed suit against Yamhill County because our Second Amendment sanctuary ordinance said that we would not use county funds to enforce any gun laws that were passed after February of 2021. The minute that Senate Bill 554, which was the catalyst for the Second Amendment Sanctuary Ordinance, the minute that passed, they knew that they, or they thought that they had us and they were gonna bring the hammer down. And that's what happened. We're one of about five different counties that have passed Second Amendment Sanctuary Ordinances, which basically said, we will not use any county funds to enforce unconstitutional gun laws. As you know, they're coming out of the state legislature fast and furious, and there's no one to stop them stop them because the Republicans have, in my estimation, abdicated their role. And the only tool they had, which was to walk out and they didn't do it. So now we have this, the Senate bill 554. So the attorney general on behalf of, of uh, governor Kate Brown and the department of justice, let us know Yamhill County and Harney County that they were filing suit and asking us to nullify basically uh, to invalidate our county ordinance. And now the assumption is, is that, that because we're little, you've got a David and Goliath situation that we're going to fold. Well, we just had an executive session with the commissioners today and two to one decided that we were going to continue to fight this. So I don't know what Harney County is going to do. I hope that they will join us in this. But I think the minute that we pass these and they come after us, it's time for us to assume that's the beginning of the battle, not the end. 
So, Mary, the thing that people need to look at with this, too, is Australia. Um, they gave up their gun rights. They don't have the right to carry guns. And look what's happening to them right now. I mean, to me, anytime the government has more guns than the citizenry, you're in big trouble. Absolutely. And these are the times that the Second Amendment was made for. If you remember, our founders were extremely clear about the fact that the Second Amendment was designed to protect the populace from a tyrannical government. And also, the Second Amendment is enshrined in the Bill of Rights. When you see governments at the state level trying to punish the law-abiding citizens, because let's face it, the thugs in Portland are free to carry guns that are, are are unlawful to commit crimes, and they're not being they're not being prosecuted. Right, they go after the law-abiding ones. Isn't that crazy? And and I don't understand, Mary, why people can't put that together and go, you know, what here is here certain groups of people are allowed to have guns, but the citizenry is going to be having these making it tougher and tougher to use them. Like put a lock on my gun when I'm how, what, what, excuse me, Mr. Mr. Burglar, I, I need to get the lock off my gun before I can sh you know shoot you before you shoot me. I mean, you might as well tie my hands behind my back. Rendering your self-defense firearm completely useless. But what they do is sell these types of things, uh, in other words, we're trying to keep people safe. Well, remember, the law-abiding citizens are the ones who are going to abide by all these laws, and the bad guys never do. One more law doesn't change that. So what is Yam here? You're going to keep going. What does that mean? This means you'll end up in a lawsuit with them, with the well, state? Well, we already are in a lawsuit with them. Right. And basically what we have said it determined today is that we're going to continue to fight this. We've made the decision not to rescind our ordinance. We are going to basically uh, do what we can to fight back on this. But we have to remember that the courts, as we're seeing, the courts are bought and paid for, that the judges are not going to break ranks with the governor because most of the judges have been appointed by her. Right. So we have to assume that that's, that's what's going to happen. Nevertheless, I think that the worst message we could send to the people in Oregon and to the state government is that we're going to fold the minute they go boo. And, and don't you think, and I know I'm pushing it over the issue here, but I think this really is the, the thing is power will push and push to see how far it can get you to go. Kind of like your teenagers. And until you push back and say, uh, no, that just went over the line. And they, I bet that the powers of beer sitting there going, oh, my God, I never thought Oregonians would go this far. We're, let's keep pushing because they'll fall for anything. Well, and remember the two counties that they're out of all the counties that have Second Amendment sanctuary ordinances, Yamhill County and Harney County are small counties with not a lot of resources. Nevertheless, whatever resources we have, we're going to use to fight this. And the other good thing that we have on our side is that the Second Amendment sanctuary ordinance, which was challenged in court in Columbia County, that that was, uh, we prevailed on that. So we're going to use that as precedence and to continue to go forward and just make the decision that we are not going to fold. All right. Mary Sterrett, Yamhill County Commissioner, thank you for joining us. I know you have another meeting at 530. I want to, I don't want to get in your way. And I really That's appreciate okay. that little 10 minutes you gave us because we really appreciate it. I think a lot of people will be happy to hear that you guys are fighting. Thanks a lot, Rick. You're welcome. See you later. All right. Mary Sterrett, she's a Yamhill County Commissioner. We want to thank her for being with us. And we want to thank Yamhill County for voting to fight this thing. Um, that's where the power is, guys. The power is in the people. 
but we're not being told that. We're being told to submit, and we have to stand up for our rights. So we have a lot more in our show tonight, sponsored by Chris Dental Family Dentistry. Kim Starr is going to be joining us in a minute with the Oregon Rider Society. Uh, these are a bunch of badass motorcycle people doing some really cool stuff for people. And we also have another really cool story, John and Joni, um, a couple out of Gresham who uh, got rid of a lot of their stuff, all their debt, living in an RV, building a house, and they're going to tell us how to kind of – it's just a wonderful story, and I love it. So we're going to have that coming up at the end of the show. But first, what would we do without our little juice every day, our kind of snide little friend, um, Bill London from KPNW, giving us the daily news? So here's Bill with the news. We'll be back in about five and a half minutes with Kim Stark. Hang Good in. Stuff. Hi. I'm Bill London from the 1120 AM and 93.7 FM KPNW Studios. And here's a look at some of today's stories. And I figured today we'll start off with something that doesn't have anything to do with COVID mandates. Not that it's good, but still. So children's advocates are pressing ahead with a federal lawsuit intended to force the state of Oregon to improve its foster care system, which has been troubled over the last decade. This after a U.S. district judge rejected arguments by Oregon's attorneys that the case should be dismissed. It should be noted that not only Oregon DHS, but also Governor Kate Brown is named as a defendant in this case. Now, a central argument in the case filed by Disability Rights Oregon is that Oregon violates the kids' constitutional right to due process. They say the state does that by failing to protect children from harm in their care and failing to protect kids with disabilities from discrimination and unnecessary institutionalization, as they put it. Among the plaintiffs in the suit, a teenage boy who had been subjected to such obvious physical and sexual abuse that the state had received 35 reports of abuse and neglect regarding the boy and his sister since they'd first been referred to the state in 2010 and did nothing about it. Then there's a nine-year-old girl who was sent to a program in Montana where she was drugged and chained to a bed. Then you have a teenage Native American boy who lived with at least 50, 50 different foster placements, none with tribal members, and was about to age out of the foster care system at the time the lawsuit was filed. So leaders of Oregon's legislature joint housing committee are asking Governor Kate Brown to issue an executive order to extend protections against evictions for renters who are struggling to make rent payments. They sent the letter on Wednesday and they notified Brown that the threat of eviction is imminent for more than 12,000 Oregon households that have applied for federal rental assistance but haven't gotten it yet. The ask is to extend the statewide 60-day pause on evictions to 120 days for those struggling to make rent because of the pandemic or who happen to live in counties with big backlogs of unprocessed applications for assistance. So the governor's office replied that no, they can't do that because they are hampered by the state constitution. But the governor's office said the legislature has the authority to amend the laws that they passed. Oh, is is that the musky smell of a special session? Yeah, I, th I think it is. So members of the Oregon Nurses Association spoke about the ongoing staffing crisis in Oregon's hospitals this morning. 
October 4th, of course, marked the last day for most state workers, hospital employees, and teachers in Oregon to get vaccinated for COVID-19 or lose their job. The Oregon Nurses Association said today that some 65% of healthcare workers in Southern Oregon aren't vaccinated. And they say that staffing is so limited that the ONA can't help them. And so the hospitals are gonna have to turn to way more expensive traveling nurses. If you recall, the situation here in Eugene was pretty dire, that traveling nurses were coming into the city and they couldn't find any place to live. And finally, a retired Oregon State Supreme Court justice heard arguments in a virtual courtroom Wednesday in a lawsuit filed by several Oregon State police troopers and firefighters seeking an order to block Governor Kate Brown's COVID-19 vaccination mandate just less than two weeks before the October 18th deadline. Now, the lawsuit was filed in Jefferson County Circuit Court a month ago against the governor and state by attorney Dan Thanell. He's representing the Oregon Fraternal Order of Police and nine OSP troopers, five from Central Oregon, as well as several firefighters. And they're asking for a temporary restraining order and preliminary injunction against enforcement of the governor's order. Along with case law, some interesting news emerged from the hearing. OSP Captain Ryan Martin, he's the director of the agency's criminal investigation division, and he testified that he had received an email just this week that was from OSP Superintendent Terry Davey. And it indicated that amongst Oregon State Police officers, there was just 54% compliance with the executive order to get the vaccines. Martin said the plan is in is to place those individuals who don't comply with the deadline on administrative leave. And in his opinion, that'll affect services and even cost some areas of the state OSP coverage entirely. Now, the judge noted that the state statute does say that employees cannot be required to be immunized, but it does include the caveat, and I'm quoting the Oregon Revised Statute, unless otherwise required by federal or state law, rule, or regulation. The lawyer, Thanell, argued the governor's order, quote, is clearly not a rule or a regulation as defined in other parts of the statutes and called Brown's order an overreach of her executive authority. He also cited Article 1, Section 22 of the Oregon Constitution a few times. The judge in the case, Landau, said he's going to review the brief submitted and that he is going to work on the issue as quickly as possible and get out a ruling as soon as he can. Join me tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. to 9 on the Wake Up Call on 1120 KPNW, also 93.7 FM. And now it's time for Rick to get all sorts of real. Get real, Rick. Get real. Real. You want to do it. <laughs> oh, Bill. So, yeah, you guys, if you, uh, that's my morning, 7 o'clock in the morning, I'm listening to Bill find out uh, what's going on for the day. And uh, he's agreed to come on and working with us as well. Um, so now we move into it. Well, look who's in the car. Kimmy. Well, look who's here. Look who's here. Hi. You're kind of going in and out. I've got, you're kind of blurring, but talk to me. So Kim, this is Kim Stark, you guys. Kim used to work with me at KZI, or I used to work with Kim at KZI. 
And uh, she's doing on Thursdays, she's doing a kind of what's going on this weekend. So, hey, I got an idea. What's going on this weekend? Oh, good question. I hope you can hear me okay. We've got a few things to talk about. The first thing is a toy tober drive. Okay, so this is a toy in Springfield, and they're actually going to hopefully try to talk to us about it tonight. They're um, they're actually in, in a location, the old Sears building in the parking lot there is where they're going to meet up. And I think we have them right now. Here's the Oregon Writers Society. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. yeah. Hi. Thank you for having us. Hi. Wow. You're going on on Saturday. Oh, Cam, you're glitching. Can you guys, uh, can you hear me? Can you guys hear me? They're frozen, Kim. Are you, you can hear me, right? I can hear you. Okay, you guys, can you hear us? Tell us what you're doing this weekend. I can you hear us? Oh. Oh, I think they're. There we are. Okay, tell us what you're doing this weekend. <laughs> so we're doing uh, Toytober, like Kim said. Uh, we will be at the old Sears parking lot on Gateway, close to like Applebee's. Um, basically, we're collecting toys, cash donations from our community members to support some of our children in the smaller communities. Um, Oak Ridge is one of them. A lot of their resources um, just aren't active anymore. And so we kind of heard about it on one of our rides and decided we wanted to do something special just for Oak Ridge um, and possibly even McKenzie Bridge area. You know, they suffered with the holiday fire. So that's what do you guys got? <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of the gist of it. Um, we'll be collecting um, new uh, toys. And we'll be up there from 11? 10 to 2. 10 to 2. 10 to 2. And people can drop off cash or toys. Yep. And then yep. you guys, this is an earlier, you wanted to do this a little earlier this year. Don't you have another um, drive coming up as well? Yeah. The Harleys and Halloween event. And we are doing outreach to the community just to boost morale. It's a free event open to the public. We'll be giving out. Uh, trunk or treat bags at our station. We're really excited, looking forward to both events, and we hope we can get the community support as well. Yes. The location for the Harleys and Halloween is the parking lot between um, Coburg's Pizza Company and Wells Fargo Bank in Springfield off of Mohawk. Awesome. Wow. And you guys just heard about a need and you decided to jump in there, come together, and do something. So, you guys, everybody who's listening, wants to join in starting at 10 o'clock you can bring some cash donations or an unwrapped toy and they'll make sure it gets to the right people right thank you so much everybody for joining us thank you thank you, thank you. that's so great okay so yes yeah, so they just kind of do these out of the the goodness of their heart so if you guys want to help and you have any toys sitting around home i know i can find a few uh, but they do have to be unwrapped and then you can also bring cash donations if not so I love that idea um, that they just heard about a need and, and jumped right in there. So great. Um, and then the other one is, that, is Halloween. We'll talk about that as it comes closer too. So what else is going on, Kimmy? Okay. So the next thing, yeah, 
there's more. There's more. Okay, so another thing, we got an email, um, Rick, from a parent at, they're called Corvallis Parents, and they kind of have a group, and they are a rally at Corvallis Courthouse on Saturday at 10 a.m., and this is to out. They're a little bit concerned about the superintendent's decision. They're looking into right now possibly mandating vaccines for students. They're going to rally to kind of maybe have a little, you know, sway that decision a little bit. So these parents have their own website, their own uh, Facebook group, and they are the Corvallis Parents Stand Together Corvallis Parents. So if you're interested, if you're nearby Corvallis, anywhere near there, you could contact them and um, and get involved with that. Um, another thing, if you are into to rescue dogs. They focus on, on pit bulls and dogs that need homes, um, but they're open to any breed. And these rescue dogs, some of us have been with them for a really long time. Wow. So on Sunday, they're going to have a Facebook live event with their Facebook group, which is Unbreakable Rescue Allies on Facebook. You can search them up. And they are going to um, be looking for donations just by clicking a button on their site. And they have a bunch of contests going on. There are newer groups, so they could use a lot of support. They don't have a lot of followers or a lot of money right now, and they really need money for vet bills to take care of these dogs. So if you're a dog lover like me, join them for their little Facebook Live. It's on Sunday evening. Um, you can just click a button and help them out. And I um, I promised them we would help them get the word out about that one. Um, and then if you if, if it's, I don't know what the weather is going to be for sure, it looks like it might hold off for um, Apple Days at Deedering Orchards. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong out there. Um, and Oktoberfest with um, Ninkasi. It's called the Better Living Room. So those are some fun events that are just us. The first one's a fun family event at Deedring. It's always a good time out there. So. All right, Kim. So just so you know, you're kind of like watching one of those old, um, um, a Japanese movie that well, they had they them off. <laughs> your signals kind of funny. Like your lips are moving separate from your voice, but I, I'm kind of trying not to laugh because I'm on camera. But everybody at home is probably going, "How come that woman can speak and not make her mouth move?" You're pretty amazing. You're kind of like a ventriloquist. And now you're frozen. Isn't that impressive? Right? I'm so I know. Uh, all I right, know. Kim. So we'll... we roll, we roll with it. We're used to rolling with it. Hey, we'll see you on Tuesday for Elements of a Healthy Life, okay? Sounds good. Bye. See you. Have a good weekend. All right. Sorry, we have a little signal issue sometimes. You know, that's just kind of how the world works. This has been one of those nights like that. So, um, again, thanks for being with us. And do you guys see my little message? If, you, if you're watching and there's a little bell, a little bell on there, you click that, and then every time we come on live, it'll notify you that we're here. So that way you'll kind of be already ahead of the game. Again, our show is sponsored by Chris Dental Family Dentistry. And now we go to our last story of the night. John and Joni, how are you guys doing? Doing well. How are you, Rick? Good. So John's mom loves her boy and uh, sent me an email. And I was intrigued. And I said, OK, I, I got to do this. I want to find out more about what you're doing. So John and Joni, tell people you, can, you, you have no debt. Is that right? Zero debt. Everything we have, we own 100%. Um, and it, this was, it was a move based upon, um, there's my mom commenting yeah. now. Hi. John is going, I got you on the big time, honey. <laughs> so um, my, my wife worked in healthcare. Uh, she was working for uh, at a nursing home. And she got an email that uh, told her uh, that, uh, she's basically protected against 
you know, whatever choice she wants to make, she's protected by law at this point. But when those laws change, uh, they will revisit their policy. When she got that email, she came home from work and we're selling the house and moving to the mountains. Um, and I'm like, okay, well, let's do this. Uh, we already had the property up here. We already owned the property. We hadn't been built building on it yet. Um, and we wanted, um, we wanted to protect ourselves against what we see as a coming political fallout, uh, whether we're right or wrong, I don't know, but things are getting funny and we wanted to, we wanted to kind of protect ourselves. So we sold what we could. We sold our house. We using the equity to build our home up here, which isn't done yet. We're hoping we at least have a, a cover to put our RV under here in a few weeks. Um, and uh, we have absolutely zero debt. We both took jobs. We're working uh, uh, up in Crescent Lake at the same place. Uh, but we're so, being debt free is so freeing. We we uh, I don't know how to describe it. We we have choices. We have options. We can do what we want, I guess, because we yeah we just have to survive, and and we're both happy with that. We did it and. And we're hoping that uh, what we foresee coming doesn't happen, but we feel that we've built a little bit of protection against uh, certain political fallout. Is it easier than you thought it would be? Or is it, because uh, I think a lot of people think, gosh, I'd have to have no house payment, no car payment. And it sounds good, but there's a, there's a cost. I mean, you are, that takes great courage. It does. And, and, um, I, I will say this. Um, I've often heard my uh, my mom mentioned in my youth. Uh, she says, I wish I could just walk away from everything and just start my life the way I wanted to. And I'm like, that's cool. She talked about it quite often, but she never did it. And here, now she's living vicariously because me and my wife, we did it. And yes, it was a huge step and it was scary. Um, if I had it to do over again, I think we both agree that we'd buy a house that was already built rather than building our own. That would be a lot less stress. Um, but uh, I think it's, it's just interesting that a lot of people ask me, what's your secret? How do you do this? I'm like, we just did it. We just did it. We basically, we put a for sale sign in front of our house and we left. So what about healthcare? Somebody's asking what happens if you get sick? I worry about healthcare. We do too. Um, and it, um, it, it was a concern because I, I was working for a major bank at the time and I ended up leaving that behind. And yeah, yeah I had health insurance. I, I don't now. And yes, that's a concern, but we have a little bit of savings. Uh, there's things that we can take care of with cash as long as it's nothing major. I suppose if either one of us needs a major surgery, we're in trouble. But like just recently, uh, I had a tooth go bad on me. We had cash. We were able to pay for it with cash. Right. And that was that was nice. But yeah, it's a concern. But I think the bigger concern for us was being tied down and being in a position where we were more or less tied to the system. And um, we didn't want to be tied to the system that much. Well, you know, not to get like over personal with my life, but... I'm going, I need to go see a specialist. And I called my, my 
primary care people, and it's under an insurance company, which I will remain not nameless. But <laughs> I know the specialist I want to go to, and I've read up, and this is the research that shows it. They have, they won't approve it. They're going to send me to their own person. So I'm just saying, screw you, and I'm going to pay cash and go to this person, take it out of my HSA. Everybody should look into an HSA because you can put money in there, it's tax free. And then you can spend out of that. And don't you think part of it, and I understand healthcare is an issue for everyone, but don't you think that's also one of the little things that culture hangs over us to go find all the reasons to be scared that you can't go do this. And then it traps you within the system. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yes, exactly. I, I agree because, you know, there, there was a time, um, and I don't think it's that long ago. Healthcare is a fairly new concept, or health insurance is a fairly new concept. People used to pay cash for their health care. Right. Um, and that was probably back before I was born. But you know, health insurance came along and all of a sudden it's it's like a need you can't survive without it. And yeah, it becomes a trap, just like the car payment, just like the mortgage. Right. It all becomes a trap. And I I agree that it is risky. And I agree that it is scary, but we feel like we're in a better position right now and we're hoping to get that sorted and figured out. I don't know how. I have a scary. Go ahead, Joni. I was just gonna say it's less scary than what we were in. Yeah. Because there there was no way out. You know, right. I was gonna lose my job. Yeah. And my, look at it now. I was think think about your health and how much better off you are because you're not worried. You took basic jobs. You came from corporate and healthcare. You took basic jobs. And so you've taken the stress out, which how many people, it's like this, you know what it is you two? It's like this system where get a better job, get more stress. Then you need healthcare. Then you need your car payment to get you to work every day. Then you got to have a nicer house to have the company people over for a dinner and blah, blah. You know, my health insurance is so shitty. I mean, because my wife and I just get the plan that and it barely covers anything. So I could probably do without my son is a fisherman. He's a fishing guide. He doesn't have it. And he pays cash. And he says, Dad, if you go in and talk to the doctor, they'll give you a discount for cash. Um, mm -hmm. If you say, I'm going to pay you cash, you don't have to deal with this, um, you know, and, and, and then you have to deal with it. And Gerald saying one week in the hospital, and there goes your dollar amount and the loss of all your credit. Mm hmm. But right. you, and, life is trade-off, you know? And at one time, I had health care through another bank that I worked for, and the minimum deductible was so high, I would never reach that minimal, minimum deductible, no matter what I did. And I'm like, it's it's worthless, and I'm paying 500 bucks a month for this that I will never get to use because I will never, ever meet that minimum deductible, unless I, you know, have a leg chopped off in a grinder or something, you right. know? That's us. The only reason we have ours is because I've had cancer. If it comes back, mm -hmm. then I know that I'd have something there. But even we're to the point where it's like, you know, that it's it's getting so that you have to be registered for everything now. And I'm not going to be specific, but it's going to get so you probably won't even get treatment if you don't have the proper documentation. So it's going to it might push everybody to a point where you're either you got it or you don't. Tell me how how difficult or easier than you thought has it been? To, and, and please do not take this the wrong way. But America is all about your career and what you do for a living. So, you know, you meet somebody. So, hey, uh, John, so what do you do? You know, right. and you used to say, oh, I work in banking. And Joni, oh, I'm in healthcare Now, so John and Joni, what do you guys do? Answer me. <laughs> well, we 
we both work at the Odell Sportsman Center, which is up on Highway 58. I basically, I pump gas, I stock the cooler, I run the register, Joni runs the deli. Um, but we don't feel in any way that it's beneath us. Um, I I spent 25 years in, in banking and I was, I would say I was a tenacious fighter. I always tried to get ahead. I always constantly, no matter what I was doing, I was trying to get ahead. And I, I found I may have been more tenacious than most people I worked with in, in trying to get ahead, but I wasn't as good as some of the competition in, in all the places that I worked into. So it's, it was kind of a, kind of a catch 22. I wanted to get ahead. But then I worked with people that probably were more, you know, just being honest here, they were more skilled than I was. They were better at it. They were more talented than me. And it, it got to a point where it was, it was so, it was beyond stressful because I, I wanted something better. But I thought it was following the American dream, right? Yeah. You know, you, you got to do better at your job. You got to get a promotion. Um, and uh, I, I just, I got burnt out. I'm like, I, I'm tired of this. Why am I? Why am I pushing so hard for this? You know, let them do that. You know, I'm I'm happy pumping gas at the Sportsman Center. It's it's all right. It's not beneath me. So I I've often thought to my wife, you know, said to her, my favorite job was when I worked at Copeland Lumberyard um, mm -hmm. in college and high school, uh, waiting on contractors and people, serving them. You know, this is back in the day when you didn't have Home Depot, where that you drive in back and somebody loads you up. It was I worked with those people all the way through. And I thought, gosh, as I get older, I, I, that might be kind of fun to go back into some kind of thing like that um, mm -hmm. to do it. But I think culture tells us, you know, we have to go out with a bang and this big thing, you know. And all I want on my headstone is Rick Dancer, he tried. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I, have a, I have a friend who said I asked her what she wants to have on her epitaph. And she said, I'm going to put on it her name. And then it's going to say, I told you I was sick. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's fun. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? I thought, wouldn't that be funny? You're going through the headstones at a cemetery. And you look over and you get a chuckle. And underneath you're going, I knew I could make him laugh when I'm dead. <laughs> That's right. So, so you guys are building. You're up at Crescent Lake, and that's where you're building. And mm -hmm. life is good. And your mom, it's kind of nice when your mom can say to other people that they're the happiest they've ever been. So maybe happiness is not found in, in dollars and debt. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people who follow Hebrew culture and, uh, Hebrews, God didn't want you in debt. Um, he didn't want you owing anybody because when you owe people, and I think we're going to learn this, hopefully not, but unfortunately we probably will as things can continue to go in this spiral we're in, um, they're going to have to depend on each other. And, uh, we're not going to be able to depend on the systems and the new reset may not be the world reset that the world resetters are talking about. It may be a reset for all of us in our own minds of how we're going to protect ourselves and uh, get ourselves in a different place. You think? Right. And I, and I agree with you there. And, and that's part of what we did and, and why, because we felt that we needed to make sure that we were, we were safe and that we were in a position where we could make decisions. And, and we are now basically our homes on wheels. If, if, if we don't like it here, I'll hook up to the truck and go. Well, except we're building our home here. Yeah, I, I guess we got to worry about that. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, but we could if we had to. We could. Right. We could if we had to. You know what you guys should do? You should write a book. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, we, 
just the truth about um, and I, what I would be so interested to find out as you continue this journey is the things that you did were free up. Because if you notice, and I'm not picking on you, Gerald, Gerald says I should put on my tombstone, Rick Dancer got real. <laughs> hey, Gerald, how about if we do this? Rick Dancer got real dead. <laughs> but, but if you, you know, if I, I even, and I'm not picking on you, Gerald, but even what first thing when people start talking about this is all the reasons we can't. And that's what we start. That's what we always do in our culture. And in Oregon right now, this really concerns me in Oregon is it's always why this won't work rather than what will work. How can we make this happen? What can I do in my life that I never thought I could do? And my whole theme right now in this episode of my life is courage. It's doing the scary thing that's going to make you come alive because the last two years, the culture, the government, and even society has tried to get separate us and keep us down and keep us quiet. Don't ask questions, Rick. You asshole, don't ask questions. No, we need to ask questions. We need to come alive. We need to be around other people and each other. And we need to take the hard steps that are going to allow us to be able to do that. Right. I agree. And support each other. Through and that. support each other. Absolutely. Yeah. John, so, you, uh, your mom says you used to have a blog and you're a good writer, so you're kind of losing out on any like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I think you need to do this, do a blog and just every day. Just, and, you know, I don't know what you call it, but, you know, you, you can come up with we we we've done it, you know. Right. Well, we we do document uh, what we're doing. Uh, we're uh, if people want to look us up on on Facebook, we're over the hill ventures on Facebook. Um, so. Uh, Please feel free to follow our story. We we tried to post up there what we're doing and why. And it was originally supposed to be about us enjoying travelers uh, or, or traveling because we both love to travel. But once we did this, it's like, well, we're probably not going to travel as much. So it kind of morphed into uh, uh, Operation Mortgage Free, which is our hashtag that we use, Operation Mortgage Free. Um, how do you do this if you don't have equity land or home already? Good question, Tony. Um, and to address Tony's question here, we were lucky enough for 18 years we had equity. Um, and that helped us make decisions. And I would encourage people, um, especially younger people, do what you can to buy a house or do what you can to save money, do what you can to make wise financial decisions. We made a lot of poor financial decisions in our life. This being debt-free is probably the first time we made wise financial decisions. Um, but we lived in that house for 18 years, and we did have some equity, and that's what's fueling this. So um, at this point, it would be really tough. I guess you could, you know, that's what my wife and I, we have to, you know, if we're, we're moving at, to Montana, we're, we're going to have to take out a loan on some of that, and it makes us really uncomfortable. But it's also like we have a business plan and we have an idea of investing in our future. So Tony, I guess you, you kind of go, maybe you try something small and little that you can live in and see what you can get two or three years of equity out of that and work your way through that. I just wouldn't give up. Um, and you know, you have created a system that you kind of have to participate into a degree, which you did too, and get that equity. And then when you 
you know, at an early, it might be earlier and Tony, you might not have as much by the time you get out, but you, you know, at least start doing something, saving and that sort of stuff. An RV. Yeah. She, oh, I'm sorry. She just wrote on here an RV. Yeah. Save the money and go buy an RV so that you're self-sufficient that you can do what you need to do. That's a great idea, Tony. Um, here's my friend, Dave Loveall. He says, your book should be no debt, no regret. No debt, no regrets. No, All right. <laughs> yeah, and I no. agree. No regrets. What we're doing. So we're um, all just, we're all just here helping you, John. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Yeah, and and as soon as you said something about writing a book, I knew my mom would chime in. My mom <laughs> wants me to be a writer. I I like to write, but it's it just takes it takes me time to sit down and get rid of everything else in my life and. Um. Yeah, yeah, I probably should write. It's just time. I, I love to write. And so here's what I, here's my kind of thing. I just sit down and I just do it. And mm -hmm. I don't, I listen to my kid, my son's second grade teacher when, cause I'm not a good speller. And she finally said, I tell my students just write, don't worry about spelling or sentence structure, just write it and then go back and look it over. But I think sometimes what writers do too much is they, they look over every single word, how it's going to come out. And then you lose the humanity for me. You lose the mm -hmm. humanity in it. So just write the stuff down, John. I feel like I'm your father. Write this stuff down <laughs> and get it on paper. And then you can go back and clean it up later. But don't miss every you should be journaling every <laughs> who who made you king? You should be journaling. <laughs> you sound like my mom. Shut the hell up, Rick Dancer. <laughs> You could be journaling every day, just writing what happened today. What did I learn? What did I experience? And Joni, I'd say that to you too, is then you guys, because I think that you're, if this goes on and keeps doing what's going on, I think you could have a manuscript or something that could be super helpful to people to walk them through the basics of how to do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. I like it. Yeah. And your mom says she's an excellent proofreader. <laughs> She is. Madonna, you're not getting paid because you're his mom, just so you know. Yeah, that's right. Mom's work for free. She just that's what she did. You know what Sean she did? She's going, I want my kid to write a book. I'm gonna put him on dancer's show. And yeah, then, and Rick will guilty him into doing this, and then I get to proofread everything he writes. I see your game, Donna. Listen, <laughs> poor guy. She's laughing out loud. He grew up, yeah. you grew up with a a, a <laughs> hey, you guys thank you so much for sharing your story with us and letting us hear how you did it and keep in contact with because i'd love to hear more from from you and about you okay? okay we we will do that we will let you know as we have updates and and uh, like i said we would encourage people to follow us on instagram and facebook over the hill ventures and see what we're doing all right yeah all right you two thank you so much okay hey, thank you so much you. rick and you're the only one that had Wi-Fi in Mary that really worked well. So there you go. You oh, we'll see. <laughs> you can have us back then. <laughs> there you go. See you later, guys. Okay. I right. see ya. All right. So that's how it goes. Um, yeah, that is inspiring. I think um, that is like super cool that you can have the guts because you know, and I know you guys are you know probably getting tired of it, but that's kind of a theme right now for me is courage. Um, I want us all to have the courage to do the thing that we're supposed to do. There's so many people walking around who are just not alive. I mean, they're, they're hearts beating and they're breathing, but they're just existing. I don't want to exist. I get what 60. Well, I've had more than that now. So I get what 70, 80, 90 years, maybe a hundred in adult diapers, um, you know, to, to be on this planet and doing something. 
And if I don't do the thing I'm called to do, then what happens? Um, you know, I, I want to be able to put he tried on, on my headstone. I tried everything, anything that was there that was going to be uh, interesting and good. Um, so I hope that encourages you to do something. It doesn't mean you have to do what they did. But like Tony, she's coming up now. She has an idea. Buy an RV. Find some way uh, to, to, to be able to do what you have to do if this gets really, really worse. And you never know. I'm not predicting anything. I'm just saying we're on a roller coaster and I want to make sure that I have an exit plan for that roller coaster. And you probably should, too. All right. I'm Rick Dancer. We want to thank Bill London at Rick Dancer. Get real with Rick Dancer and friends. Kim Start. Bill London and all of you are in that campus as well. So we'll be back on Monday. Um, I've got a really interesting podcast. We've got a couple of doctors have a podcast in Lebanon. And we're going to talk about some of the things about the vaccine. But we're going to be very careful so YouTube and Facebook don't pull us down because they did last time when I talked about that. Um, so they're going to be on. Um, and we'll also have... On Tuesday, Elements of a Healthy Life, and I'm also talking on Tuesday to an attorney out of Jackson County who's been helping a lot of people um, get around these mandates with religious accommodations. So they've been having a really success with this. A local person who's a friend of mine who's really worried he takes care of people with disabilities is going to lose his job. The 18th is coming up a week from Monday. There's going to be a lot of panicked people out there. So we're going to put um, this out there so you can have a conversation, find out more about what that is. Um, that's on Tuesday. So an attorney, kind of like what Alan Thayer did, but a different program. So we can give you some different information. And then on Wednesday, um, I've got John Little uh, or uh, Scott Littlejohn's coming on to talk about Medicare. This is the time to sign up for Medicare. And he's really going to be helpful to give you some information. And then um, I think we're going to have a group out of Salem called uh, Common Sense Oregon, they've come up with a plan that they want to make it so that the governor can't continue to keep us in, a, in an executive order from hell forever. So it would go make it so that the legislature after a month would have to go in and make this happen. So it's not one person ruling Oregon. It's the way it's supposed to be an entire legislative branch. So they're working on that. And I want them to explain that to you guys. Um, and then also Matt McCarl is going to be here from New Leaf Hyperbarics. He's sponsoring that show as well. And uh, we just got so much going on. Oh, and remember on Bill's newscast, he was talking about um, the, the uh, evictions. I had a lady walk up to me yesterday and she handed me a card, Tara, and she handed me a card. And that's what she says. This is horrible for, let, for property owners. So we're going to have some property owners and her on uh, later in the month on the 18th to talk about that and what this is doing to them. Um, welcome to our, our new show. And we're really happy to have you. The best thing you can do for us, talk about it, share it on your page um, and let other people see it. So there's, are they seriously, it's caught, cutting in and out? Huh, that's interesting. Well, we'll see what happens. I guess that's where it goes. When are the doctors on? They are on Monday. So the doctors will be on Monday. So we'll see what happens. Um, you can also find this always on YouTube. If you guys want to go on my YouTube and sign up there, it'll come on YouTube, see if it might be better there. And we're also going to start on Rockfin. Um, we're going to start a thing called uh, Get Real Raw Rick. 
And that's going to be stuff that we can't put on here, but we can put on over there. So that's going to be on Rockfin. And I'm learning on Monday how to make that all happen. So that'll be coming up in the future. We're covering our ass because it's going to get harder and harder to do what we do and to get information that is not coming from on high. Um, if you aren't asking questions, I don't know what to tell you. That's pretty foolish. All right.